Welcome to the Draft Nut Podcast. My name is Jared Feinberg. Alongside me is Devin Jackson, and we are your hosts for today's podcast. Devin, so happy right now. So, so happy. You know why? We got NFL games going on. We have an NFL game going on, a real one. It's not the preseason. It's the start of the regular season where the games actually matter. There was so much skepticism about whether or not we'd be here talking about football games this fall due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But here we are, folks. We made it. We finally made it. And I props to the NFL for making sure they put the right protocol, health and safety protocols in place, make, and teams making sure they stay disciplined in terms of staying in a bubble in a way. And now the real test begins of them having to travel all over the country. So we'll see how that goes. Um, of course, we all know um, the practice squad is now up to 16 players um, in case of a potential outbreak on the team. Um, players having to miss because of COVID-19 or being exposed to COVID-19. So, yeah, we're excited for NFL action this weekend. And also, basically, it's week one of the college football season, in a sense. It's week one of the Big 12 and uh, the ACC um, going to or playing this weekend. So we're excited about that. We got games going on tonight as well as other sports going on, like the NBA playoffs. If y'all watched Toronto and Boston play the other night or last night, Wednesday night, that was one of the best games I've seen in a long time, long, long time. Um, go Celtics. Hope they win game seven. But here we are. Two things I wanted to address before we start diving into this week's action. Number one, Aaron Donald is so good that he is average at not being a bad football player. If you kept up with Twitter on Tuesday afternoon, you'll know that ESPN's Brian Burke has no idea what he's watching on film and believes the stat that Aaron freaking Donald, probably the best defensive player in the entire NFL, arguably the best player in the NFL, saying that he is average against the run while trying to make a case on film, which Aaron Donald's playing elite run defense, playing with a good sound assignments. Bottom, bottom line is this. If you don't know what you're watching on film, ask someone, learn from someone. Teach yourself or research how or what you're looking at. Or just don't post anything to to not make yourself look stupid in front of the analytic and film communities. Because Brian Burke basically gave the whole analytics community, which, by the way, they're a great group in itself, great community in itself. They gave He gave them a bad look. There are many um, analytic guys on Twitter that I respect and I love, and I love their analysis from their perspective, from the analytics, and also combining both analytics and film together when they're evaluating for the NFL draft or just evaluating football players in general. 
But if you have no idea what you're watching on film, then you need to learn how to watch film properly. Um, that's all I got to say about that. Brian Burke, get better. Be better than that. Come on, man. You're giving that whole community a bad look. Come on. Number two, fans need to chill about wanting change Madden 21. Yes, the company has been lackluster when it comes to the overall development of the game and a certain franchise mode that will that we all love playing. Yes, they probably do care about the more the money more than giving a good product to its customers. Yes, I understand all the outrage about the game and that it's simply a glorified roster update. But from my perspective and point of view, to expect change so expect change to connect the franchise mode now or soon is simply unrealistic. The developers at EA Madden didn't have the time to make changes to connected franchise mode when us fans made them aware of our displeasure for the lack of changes to the mode. But I believe next offseason, the game's developers will actually be committed to putting out a very good product for the fans, like myself and you, Devin, in connected franchise mode. All I want in terms of changes are contracts, like how contracts are done, being authentic with that, um, going into the um, nitty-gritty of, like, the language of the contracts and all. Want better free agency. Um, a legit, like, legit real coaching staffs. And more, like, advanced, advanced scouting, and then there's, like, a whole other bunch of stuff that fans want and I've seen on Twitter. Just overall, this game needs more authenticity and connected franchise mode. So that's it. I'm done with two of my rants for today. Devin, are you excited to talk about some college football and NFL games today? Yeah, man. I thought we were going to be able to do this a little bit earlier, Uh, you know, break yeah. down some preseason games, you know, talk about, uh, you know, some power five college football games, maybe talk about Trey Lance versus Oregon, you know, games like that. But nonetheless, we got power five games this weekend for college football, which is, which is exciting. We're starting to see some of those top prospects start to, uh, start to play and start to kind of make their, make a name for themselves. So that's exciting. Um, so you, uh, you know, obviously you want to see those, Players in action to see what they can do. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is obviously going to be in action. Uh, a lot of people thought he might opt out or or not play at all, but you know he he made it all the way to game day. So you know now we'll we'll see how things go. Uh, obviously the Big 12 is the only Power Five conference I believe that is playing uh, non-con. Well, ACC uh, a few ACC teams are playing non-conference as well, but largely Big 12 is the only conference playing non-conference games. So We'll see how that traveling does for college football teams. Uh, you know, Louisiana Lafayette traveling up to Iowa State. Uh, you know, some of the other Big 12 games going on this weekend. I think Oklahoma is playing a smaller team as well to travel down to Oklahoma. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, NFL, man, you know, first game of the season, we get uh, two quarterbacks that got paid this offseason, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Um, probably two of the, the, the five best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, right now, you can make an argument they could be two of the top three. 
Um, but that, that'll be an exciting matchup. And then, you know, heading to Sunday and Monday, we got a slew of games pretty much at all times. So, uh, we won't be without sports, uh, at least for now until what, February, March. So it, yeah. it's, it's an exciting time, man. And just looking over when I, or earlier this morning when before I headed out, um, headed out the door to go work out, I, uh, I was just looking at the overall schedule, like seeing what events and sports was going on. It doesn't seem like we're going to have a break from sports anytime soon, unless there's another massive COVID-19 outbreak, which God help us all. If that does happen, it's awful, awful, awful. Um, but one thing I am excited about is more college football action this weekend, and we get to see Trevor Lawrence play. The future, uh, potential number one overall draft pick, everyone's favorite for the number one draft pick, um, for the 2021 draft. Um, Trevor Lawrence will be playing on the road against Wake Forest, uh, Saturday night on ABC at 730. Um, so let's get through, let's get through some, uh, some of this week's college football slate, Thursday, uh, Thursday night, which is tonight, um, as we are recording this podcast, uh, University of Alabama, Birmingham travels to the U, University of Miami. That game will be on eight, on the ACC network at 8 p.m. Eastern. Then Saturday at noon, you got your noon slate of Syracuse at North Carolina on the ACC network. That game will have no fans allowed in attendance because, of course, North Carolina is still in phase three of um, or is, is still in phase 2.5 of their reopening phases. So no fans allowed at uh, UNC Chapel Hill this Saturday or for the next um, couple home games at the very least. Louisiana travels on the road to Iowa State on ESPN then one of the big matchups, I guess you would call it, um, at noon. UNC Charlotte going on uh, or going up against App State traveling um, up north to Boone, North Carolina. That game will be on ESPN2. Eastern Kentucky at West Virginia um, on FS1. Then uh, Louisiana Tech at Baylor on Fox. So Baylor, they're going to be... Without Phil Snow and Matt Rule um, this year, of course, Matt Rule and Phil Snow, they're now in Carolina. Um, they're they're going to be playing Sunday against Oakland, making their debuts. So it's going to be interesting to see what Baylor will look like post-Matt Rule and Phil Snow. Can they keep up um, the success they have had? over the last couple years um, that Matt Rule has built up and could they potentially get back to the Cotton Bowl? Um, is there any way that's possible? We won't know until later on the season. We'll get a first glimpse of it at noon um, on Fox this Saturday. Then some of the afternoon games, some of the games I highlighted, um, Duke at Notre Dame. Notre Dame will have fans in attendance. Um, that game will be on NBC at 2.30. Georgia Tech will be playing at Florida State on ABC at 3.30. Um, former Monday Night Football um, um, play-by-play commentator Joe Tessitore will be back in the college football booth. It's good to see him back in that booth 
that's the booth where he should have been from the start. I didn't like him on in the Monday Night Football booth. It, I'm glad we have a new booth. Let's just say that. And then uh, number five, um, Oklahoma will be hosting Missouri State. But this game won't necessarily be on any television program. It's going to be on pay-per-view. Pay-per-view. What? I'm not paying money to go to watch Oklahoma host Missouri State. I mean, come on. Come on, man. Like, I mean, if it's a way to help with revenue losses from COVID-19, I get that. But really, pay-per-view? Come on, man. If, if Oklahoma does this for the rest of the year, I just forget it. Then we have the, I would say ESPN, what ESPN is considering um, this weekend's game of the week. Um, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Clemson at Wake Forest um, on ABC at 730. This game is, of course, going to be the highlighted game. Like I said, um, college game day will be uh, in Winston-Salem um, to see Wake Forest. Um, I'm not sure if there will be any fans to watch uh, college game day at um, at Wake Forest uh, Saturday morning, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, so there aren't really any marquee matchups this weekend, Devin, but who are some of the 2021 or even 2022 prospects you'll be keeping your eye on this weekend? Uh, well, I'll start with the Wake Forest Clemson game. Uh, Carlos, Carlos Basham. Uh, somebody for Wake Forest, you know, Wake Forest lost Sage Surratt, uh, Jamie Newman, uh, obviously transferred and now declared for the NFL draft. Um, so for Wake Forest, it's not a whole bunch there. Uh, but like I said, they, um, they have Carlos Basham, uh, you know, the opinion is pretty split on him. Uh, some people like him. Some people think he's not that great. Uh, so I think this will be, you know, his first chance, obviously, to, to make an impression. Uh, it'll likely be matching up at some point in the game against, uh, Jackson Carmen, who still has a quite a bit to prove as well for the 2021, uh, draft class. And obviously for Clemson, you know, ETN and, uh, Lawrence are the two highlighted names offensively. Uh, defensively, uh, I think Darian Kendrick is someone, uh, that will be watching out for the defensive back for Clemson. Um, but just overall, uh, just from that game alone, I think that's what I'm watching. Uh, another one I'm watching kind of closely uh, is the Iowa State and uh, Louisiana Lafayette game. I think that could be a potential upset game. Louisiana is coming off a 11 and three season. Uh, have a lot of their starters back. Uh, they have a three headed monster uh, with their rushing attack. Trey Regis, Elijah Mitchell, and uh, their other running back, uh, Calais. Um, so they have a three-headed monster running back quarterback Levi Lewis, five uh, ten. People a lot a lot of people compare him to kind of a Kyler Murray type of player. Uh, can really make things happen outside of the pocket. Uh, someone I really like, you know, viewing uh, some of the group of five players. I think he's one of the uh, you know top quarterbacks coming out of the group of five. Uh, but size, you know, his his height is gonna really derail him in the draft process. I think. Uh, but he did end up on the senior bowl watch list as watch it, as well as the two um, running backs from Louisiana Lafayette. So I think that game could be interesting from that perspective. Obviously, Brock Purdy on the other hand as well. Um, and then Duke, Notre Dame, you got Chris Rumpf, uh, someone that a lot of people like uh, in the draft community. Uh, bit undersized, edge rusher, 
but uh really quick first step explosive uh could really make um you know uh Ian Book's day for Notre Dame uh you know a nightmare if he can get home you know quite a bit of times uh so that's something I'm watching as well um and just looking at some of the other games obviously the um debut of Spencer Rattler uh, that's going to be on the eyes of a lot of play, a lot of people. See how he does as the new quarterback for Oklahoma. They sent their last two, last three starters, uh, to the, the Heisman Trophy ceremony. So, um, they, you know, have a good reputation for building and, um, you know, developing quarterbacks. So he'll be the next in line. Uh, Texas, you know, there will be an action as well. Sam Ellinger, I don't think he, can really do much to improve his draft stock. I think he's pretty much set where he is. He's uh, a late. fullback. He's a fullback. <laughs> he's a yeah, tight end. He, no, he's a tight end. But fullbacks yeah. must live on. So Yeah, so <laughs> uh, he, he's pretty much stuck, in my opinion, in his uh, kind of draft area stock. I don't think there's really nothing he can do at this point. Um, but uh, Keontae Ingram is a running back I'm watching for Texas. Uh, he's dealt with injury over the last couple seasons, but He's a really explosive back, power back, uh, really has nice contact balance. Someone that, uh, you know, I, I'm, you know, continuing to keep my eye out on, uh, eye out for. Um, and then, uh, finally, uh, North Carolina, uh, can't, can't go the entire time without talking about North Carolina's playmakers. Uh, you got, uh, Diami Brown, uh, Sam Howell, 2022 potential, uh, top quarterback prospect. Um, they're, they're just a really good team and they're coming into the next season under Mike Brown. Uh, they really made strides last year. Could have beat Clemson, uh, had them on the ropes. Um, so th- this could be a team that competes for the ACC championship. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with them, but, uh, they also got, uh, the linebacker, uh, Chaz uh, that I know you like, uh, a lot. As a as a linebacking prospect, so I think that you know they're loaded. I mean, I think you know they'll probably uh, beat Syracuse pretty handedly. Uh, I, honestly, uh, Syracuse they got Andre Cisco. That's someone to uh, watch in this game for Syracuse. But other than that, man, I I don't know if they'll be able to stop an explosive offense for North Carolina. Yeah, man, and. To top off of what you were saying about um, North Carolina, I, I too am going to keep my eye on uh, the UNC game. Um, Sam Howell is someone who I consider he might end up being the best quarterback um, for the 2022 draft class. Um, like just the flashes he showed last season were incredible. Like the th- if he was on another, if he was on a higher level team that was more complete and more efficient than North Carolina was, he probably would have gotten as much hype as Trevor Lawrence did his freshman year. Like this is a very, very good quarterback and he's got Daz Newsom coming back, um, Diane Brown, um, and then Chaz Surratt um, at linebacker leading the UNC Tar Heels defense. Surratt is someone I really like, um, Coming into this year, um, something I would like to see him improve is more of his mental processing, like just reading the backfield better, um, making uh, the right reads and keys. Um, tackling consistency um, needs to be improved. 
um, and block uh, deconstruction um, from just those three are some of the things I want to see him improve on this year. And of course, I mean, this is his what second year playing linebacker now. So he's still learning the position. He's still new to the position. So I don't expect him to like be improved in all three areas immediately, but it wouldn't surprise me if he was. So if he can improve on those three areas, he's easily one of the top linebackers in this draft. Um, he just missed out on my top five uh, linebackers when I got finished with them the other day. Um, you know, this is a very good linebacker class, and probably last year, if you put Surratt in last year's class, he probably would have been in the top five for me. So that's how good, good he is, in my opinion. The next game I am going to be more intrigued about the most is, of course, Clemson-Wake Forest. We'll see how Lawrence can do without Justin Ross this season and with weapons like Amari Rogers, Joseph Nagata, and Frank Ladson. Can't wait to see how much improved um, Darian Kendrick is from last year. Um, when watching his tape last year, or from last year, he, he you can tell he was really raw as a corner. I mean, he was new to the position, but he got consistently better throughout the year, and by the time the playoffs rolled around. He he was probably one of the better corners in that entire playoff. Um, he showed really uh, a lot of improvement from last year. I expect um, much more improvement um, again this year. One thing, um, one more thing with Trevor Lawrence. I want to see him start fast, but play more efficient. Like he started out a little bit slow last year. Um, and one one thing that What's driving me nuts was how inconsistent he was um, with the football. I want to see him read the field better. I want to see him just take what's in front of him and don't make those stupid decisions you made last year that made some people go, is he really the real deal? I mean, he is real deal. I mean, this is the best quarterback we've seen in a long time. So with Trevor Lawrence – it's more of an efficiency, being more consistent to start out the year, just seeing the field a little bit better, not trying to make the biggest plays possible. Just go with the check down if you have to. Go with the check down for your first three passes if that works for you. Like, don't force anything that is unnecessary. So that's what I'm looking for for Trevor Lawrence this weekend. Um Devin, um, you you were looking at some of the matchups just a moment ago. Um, I didn't really see any good games, and I expect all the teams to be fav- all the teams favored to win. Um, they end up getting the dub this year or this weekend, um, including Clemson. Um, you you mentioned uh, Louisiana Lafayette as a potential team to upset. Um, Iowa State. Could you see any other upsets happening this weekend? Um, I don't really think so. Um, you know, looking at the slate, uh, it, it's just kind of hard to see. But uh, Duke may be an interesting choice. Uh, they do have Chase Bryce uh, starring his career at Duke, uh, former Clemson quarterback. So I think out of all the games, uh, that could be an interesting one to, to uh, monitor. Uh, simply because they do have Chase Bryce. 
Um, and we'll see if he can, you know, elevate, uh, the Duke offense, you know, obviously defensively led by Chris Rumpf, uh, along with some other, uh, you know, smaller name prospects. But I think that if Chase Bryce plays well, Duke does have a chance in this game. Uh, another game I'm looking at is Kansas State and Arkansas State. Uh, Arkansas State, uh, you know, just lost last week. Um, I, I believe they played, uh, UA, no, Memphis. Uh, they played Memphis really tough. Um, and Kansas State is replacing basically their entire offensive line. Uh, they do have Skylar Thompson, uh, someone named to the senior bowl, but he's not necessarily a prototypical passing type of, of quarterback. Uh, he's more of a, you know, dual threat, uh, can beat you with his legs. Uh, so I'm kind of looking forward for, for Skylar Thompson. I kind of like him as a prospect. I know that he won't be more than like a six or seven round pick. Um, but someone, he, he does have a pretty good arm. It, it, just Kansas State's offense just doesn't really have complex, uh, you know, passing plays or allows him to really throw the ball down the field. Um, so I think that will, you know, kind of hinder his development and how scouts see him. But I think Arkansas State could really provide a, a scare for Kansas State, uh, simply because Kansas State offensive line, they're rough, you know, they're rough around the edges. Uh, not a whole bunch of talent returning for, uh, you know, Kansas State in terms of receivers. Um, so that could be a game, I think, uh, that Kansas State struggles with as well. Uh, defensively, you got to look at Wyatt Hubert, uh, the edge rusher of Kansas State. Kind of reminds me of, I don't know if you watched Kenny Willick's last year for Michigan State, but they're kind of that same type of mold. Uh, I don't think they'll be, you know, in a day one or day two pick. I think right now he's probably projected day three pick. Um, but I think that game uh, will, is something to keep an eye out for, uh, just in terms of a power five team uh, potentially losing, uh, just because Kansas State is, is not that strong offensively this year. And like you said, there aren't really a lot of potential upsets, except maybe for one or two. Um, probably over the next several weeks, we'll definitely see some potential upsets Um especially with the SEC starting back up here in a few weeks. Um, they're, starting, they're starting up uh, later this month. Uh, we'll be seeing more um, Big Ten, Big 12 matchups, um, or not Big Ten, uh, ACC matchups. Gosh, come on, man. Kevin Warner, you're killing me here. <sighs> so, yeah, man, wish we had the Big Ten playing. But, you know, again, not, there aren't going to be a lot of upsets. There could be some potential upsets because some teams may not have had the opportunity to really – they've had a long time to wait, and they haven't really – some teams may have not been able to really have any contact practices, you know. Um, like Navy like Navy Monday night, they got hammered because they didn't have a lot of time to practice tackling and all that, and so – they got shut out at their place by BYU. And now, granted, BYU is a really good football team, but like, but we're going to have to, we're going to expect like some teams to just not be good out of the gate, but then start really picking it up once they've gotten used to the game, to the speed of the game, um, and what have you. So, yeah, not, I don't expect, upsets this um this weekend um but i do expect to see um some good um some good games from some of the better players in college football this weekend like trevor lawrence 
uh, Travis Etienne, Sam Howe, Spencer Rattler, um, some of those guys, uh, Ian Book, um, Chester Wright, you know. So excited for college football this weekend. And now it's time to talk about some NFL action this week. You have real games. It's week one of the season. It's not week one of the preseason. This ain't the NFL Hall of Fame game. This is real football. Real football. A lot of anticipation. Some old faces in new places like Cam Newton now heading to New England. Tom Brady from New England to Tampa Bay. Um, and other guys moving um, to different teams. Um, James, off the top of my mind, James Bradbury moving from Carolina to uh, New York, um, the Giants. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's going to be a very interesting, very fun season, in my opinion. Um, this week, we got some marquee matchups, of course, um, Thursday night, tonight, Houston um, at Kansas City for the NFL kickoff game. Um Sunday, we have Cleveland at Baltimore. That game I've marked as a marquee matchup because this is going to be the first time we're going to see Baker Mayfield on the, on the field with another new head coach, um, potentially a better head coach, um, new system that could really help to his needs. Um, and then we got Seattle at Atlanta. I think that could be a really good game. And then, um, Tampa Bay at New Orleans Sunday after late Sunday afternoon. That's going no fans um, in New Orleans, um, which must suck not to hear the loudness of the fans in the stands. So that could play a factor um, in Tampa Bay's favor. So it's just going to be really interesting to see um, if the sidelines can provide some energy, like we saw with BYU the other night. Um, providing energy on the sideline to make it sound like there's real fans in the stands, but really it's just football players going crazy. But some other games I'm interested in, um, Miami at New England, Cam Newton's debut as a New England Patriot, um, Arizona at San Francisco, that could be two potential, Arizona could be a potential playoff team. We won't know. We'll have to wait and see, but we'll get our first look with Kyler Murray throwing the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, um, in San Francisco. Um, hopefully the sky isn't orange. Like we, we've seen the pictures like, Oh, that freaky stuff, dude. I'm not saying the apocalypse is going to happen. It's, it's not, I, no, um, people are overreact, overreacting, but climate change is a real deal. But anyways, um, another game I'm interested in, of course, as a Panthers fan, Las Vegas heading on the road to Carolina, um, Devin, what games are you most excited about? What games are you really interested in besides Tampa Bay, New Orleans? Because I know you're going to mention that. So except Tampa Bay, New Orleans, which game are you really excited about? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, there's so many good games uh, this weekend, uh, potential good games. Um, for me, uh, personally, I kind of want to see New England and Miami. I want to see what Cam Newton does, uh, as, as his return to quarterback, uh, pairing up with Bill Belichick. I think that'll be an interesting one o'clock game, uh, to, to peek in on. Um, you know, Atlanta, Seattle, that'll be another good game. Um, you know, two really good quarterbacks battling against each other. The debut of Jamal Adams, uh, see what he can do for that defense. Um, you know, personally, Cincinnati, Los Angeles, 
uh, watching, you know, Joe Burrow and, and see how he operates the offense for the first time in NFL. Uh, I think he may struggle a bit. You know, the Chargers do, does have a solid defense. Uh, unfortunately, they don't have Derwin James. That would have been fun to see, um, you know, them playing the chess match between the two. Um, but I think the nightcap game might be, uh, the Sunday night nightcap game might be the most interesting. Uh, Los Angeles Rams and the Dallas Cowboys, uh, two teams that, uh, you know, really upgraded in the offseason, um, in, in terms of draft, uh, draft halls. Obviously, Dale, Dallas got CD Lamb, uh, Bradley and I. They had so many good players <laughs> that they drafted in, in that draft class, probably the best draft class out of everyone. Um, they got, you know, Trayvon Diggs as well. A lot of those players making their debut. Uh, see if the Cowboys are for real, not for real or not. You know, I think this is kind of the make or break season for Dak Prescott in in terms of does he get paid or not. And then you got, uh, you know, Jared Goff. He, he's still gonna be operating the offense for the Rams, but no Todd Gurley. Um, we'll see. They're gonna do a running back by committee approach. Uh, we'll see how that works out for the Rams. Uh, obviously, still got uh, some weapons, but I'm excited to see uh, Van Jefferson in action. He's really impressed in training camp and uh, someone that could become a reliable receiver along with uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Uh, so that should be a, a fun matchup, potentially high scoring, uh, you know, uh, potentially a dramatic game, you know, early in the season. Uh, the Monday night games, you know, they're OK, you know. Uh, Giants, Steelers, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. like, yeah. it's, it's like, and, you know, Broncos, Titans. I mean, I'm excited for Drew Locke. You but know, here's, but not. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The reason why I'm excited about Monday Night Football week one is, one, we get to hear the new Monday Night Football uh, group um, or the new play callers, uh, Steve Levy, Louis Reddick, um, Jeff Garcia. No, not Garcia. Something Garcia or something like that. Um, and then the first Monday night football game, Giants or Giants Steelers, we get the famous, um, college football, um, announcers, Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet. They're going to be calling the game. Um, I don't think there are going to be any fans in the stands for the Giants game. I don't think New York is. Allowing any fans at sports arenas at this time. Uh, I mean, they're doing a great job with um, how they're doing with COVID-19. But, you know, those those are the reasons why I'm excited about um, Monday Night Football. I'm not really excited about some of the games, of course. Um, but, you know, I'm excited to see some of these guys back. I'm, I'm excited to see Ben Roethlisberger back. If the Steelers can just absolutely whoop the crap out of the Giants, I'm like, Ben Roethlisberger back. He's healthy. Juju's going to be back playing well. Um, and then um, we might see a breakout game from Deontay Johnson, who's um, their number two wide receiver, who is expected to have a breakout year and really establish himself as one of the better route runners in the NFL. Um that deep, that's the other's defense. It's just absolutely phenomenal. So I expect them to really just go ham on uh, Daniel Jones and just dominate at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, Denver, Tennessee, that could be a good game because Denver 
they've really improved offensively, but we'll have to see how well or how developed Drew Locke has gotten. Or yeah, they they just lost Von Miller too. Yeah, and oh, man, losing Von Miller is just a killer. But they still have Bradley Chubb, who really impressed as as rookie and was expected to have a big year last year before he got hurt. Um, so then now you got Malik Reed having to come in to take over for Von Miller, which is a huge task because Von Miller is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, arguably the best pass rusher in the NFL. Then you got a really solid secondary, uh, good second level, really solid second level linebacker. So they're a solid team, but losing Von Miller kills them. They'll be playing a really tough Titan team who could end up winning the AFC South again. Um, because of their defense and also Derrick Henry running the ball and Ryan Tannehill can stay consistent, that's that's going to be a really tough football team to beat. Um, another team I'm really interested to watch is Carolina. Like, how is how is Teddy Bridgewater going to mesh with um, this Panthers offense with Joe Brady? Um, I mean, I mean they have that connection. Um, but I'm really interested to see how they do in terms of like just playing well together overall. Can they go out and take down that uh, Raiders defense, which is pretty solid in my opinion. They got some really um, solid dudes up front um, in the secondary. Um, Damon Arnett, um, Amik Robertson, they're going to be getting some significant snaps. Um, then you got the back end guys. Um, you know, it's a, the Raiders are a solid team. I think they might end up being a 500 team. Um, they could be a surprise team in terms of being a potential seventh seed um, in the AFC. Um, maybe the number um, two team to come out of the AFC West as a playoff team. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, a lot of unknown with Carolina. Um, right now we can just speculate like how they're going to do. Uh, but, you know, I'm excited to see how Tay Bridgewater does in his debut with Carolina in his first start as a as a franchise quarterback for the Panthers. I don't know if he will be the franchise quarterback for the team, but he's actually a starter for once for the first time since uh, 2015-2016. So I'm um, going to be really excited to see Bridgewater um, on the field, as well as Brian Burns. I think Brian Burns is um, in for a big year, too. After starting off pretty hot last year and then kind of falling off um, due to injury um, and also other reasons, um, and he had okay. Here's the thing: he had more snaps at Gunner at one point in a game than he did on defense. That's just outrageous and that's ridiculous. That should have never happened. And that's Ron Rivera for you when he when a player when a young player gets hurt, when a young talented player gets hurt, and you, you, he decides to put him in, in a way, the doghouse, and he doesn't get a lot of plays. So that's happened to DJ Moore, um, Curtis Samuel, in a way. So uh, Washington fans, like, you're going to love Ron Rivera, but just expect stuff to happen like that and to get mad about that. So um, another game I'm interested in, um, of course, Cam Newton's debut with um, the New England Patriots. How is he going to do um, with the weapons around him, um, with the offensive line around him? Um, I think it's a really solid group around him. Um, not the best group of receivers, but it's better than some of the years he's had. 
some of the receiver groups he's had throughout his career in Carolina. So be really interesting to see how Josh McDaniels uh, uses Cam Newton throughout the game. Um, and if he comes out just slinging it, running like he used to, I mean, the Patriots are going to be fine. They'll be fine. Um, Cleveland, Baltimore talked about it a little bit um, when talking, when just mentioning some of the marquee matchups. Um, really, I'm really high on Cleveland this year, like I was last year. Not as high as I was last year, not as hyped up about them as I was last year, but I think they're going to be a good football team. It's just a depth on defense in the secondary and at linebacker. That's the most concern I have. Um, there were, I'm in a group chat with, um, some, um, draft Twitter accounts. Um, and so they were, some of them are, um, AFC North fans. Like one of them is a Bengals fan. One of them is a Steelers fan. They were trying to trash, um, the Browns and saying, don't expect this team to really be successful because they've never, because with the ownership and all, they're not going to be really good. You know, this team has been, they're trying really, really hard to go in a different direction, trying to get into a winning direction. And I think they can finally do that this year. But they got a tough opponent with Baltimore, arguably one of the best teams in the NFL. So if they can go into Baltimore and upset Lamar Jackson and company, that's huge for Cleveland. And that's even bigger because in the last 15 years, they have not won their um, opening game. Mind-blowing. Mind, mind, so if Cleveland can get off hot and beat Baltimore um, this weekend, you know, then I say that sets the stage for the rest of the year and says, hey, we're going to see this Browns team in the playoffs, potentially either as one of the wild card teams or even winning the entire division, winning the entire AFC North division. So it's going to be a really interesting game. Um, so really excited about that. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> um, now it's time for our game-by-game game predictions for this week. We're going to go through each game and predict who will be um, 1-0 by next Tuesday or 0-1. So let me pull up my picks uh, for this week's for this week. Granted, I have already posted my picks for this week in my recent article, Jared's uh, Football Thoughts, uh, Season Predictions, and more. So you can go on bluechipscouting.com and find um, that article. Scroll down a little bit and you'll find my picks there. But here I'm going to break it down a little bit more instead of just saying who I'm going to win, who I think is going to win or lose this um, this week. So, Devin, let's get started with tonight's game, the NFL kickoff game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. Devin, who do you got winning this week or who do you got winning tonight? Uh, I get the Chiefs winning. Uh, I think that their offense is just going to be too much for Houston and too much to keep up with Houston. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I think both defenses will play sloppy, but uh, I got to give the, can- the edge to Kansas City. I'm going to go with Kansas City, too. Um, I'm feeling a blowout in this game. I'm not going to go with a score prediction, but I'm not as high as on Houston as I was um, earlier in the offseason, you know, like I like the depth that they have at wide receiver despite losing DeAndre Hopkins. And also I like some of the players they have on defense. 
But overall, I, I'm not a big fan of this team, except for Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt um, just read on the back end of um, the Texas defense. I, I just don't think Houston's going to be that great of a team. I think they're just a 500 team this year. Now, it wouldn't surprise me if Watson led Houston to the playoffs, just him leading or just carrying that whole team to the playoffs. It wouldn't surprise me, but I expect Kansas City to play um, play great overall. They're returning most of their starters from last year's Super Bowl team. Um, and, you know, their their offense is the same as it was last year. And they added to Clyde Edwards E. Lair, who is expected to have a monster role in the Chiefs offense, um, expected to be a very good player for the Chiefs offense as well. Um, their de- Chiefs defense, I expect them to, they're probably going to start slow, yeah, but um, they're a really good group overall. Um, I got Kansas City over Houston big. Now for Sunday's games, Eagles-Washington, or yeah, Eagles-Washington football team. I have the Eagles beating the Washington football team, um, and, you know, with this game, I was thinking, you know, it could go either way. It could be a blowout um, in terms of the Eagles blowing out Washington, or it could be a close win for the Eagles. The Eagles have been dealing with injuries all offseason. They lost Brandon Brooks um, for the year, um, and now Jason Peters is back. He's now playing at um, – he's now back to playing left tackle. Andre Dillard's out for um, a little while. Um, Jalen Rieger, their rookie uh, wide receiver, he's been dealing with some injuries. Um, so this, this team is kind of an injury riddled, but thankfully Carson Wentz is healthy. Um, I don't think their defense is that bad. I think Fletcher Cox will definitely get pressure up the middle. Um, so, and also they got Miles Sanders, who is bound for a breakout year in year two. Um, I hope they establish a run with him, and I hope they really involve him a lot in the passing game because he's a very talented football player. He was actually my um, second-ranked running back for the 2019 draft class, so I was really high on him. I'm glad he's having he had some success with Philly last year. Uh, so I expect Philly to either blow out Washington because Washington just, despite having a really, really good front four or front seven, like, I don't like their offense. I like Dwayne Haskins. I like Terry McLaurin. I like Antonio Gibson. I like some of the backs they have, but just overall, the I don't. I'm not a big fan of Washington this year. Um, so I'm going to say Eagles over Washington. Who do you got in that game? Uh, I got the Eagles as well. Uh, Miles Sanders, uh, you know, was a really good story for the Eagles last year. Uh, you know, as a rookie and, and really took over that running back role. Uh, injuries on the offensive line is going to hurt Philly early in the game, but I think just the overall talent and the defensive line of the Eagles is so uh, so stout and uh, probably one of the, the the better defensive line groups in the country. Well, not in the country, but in in the NFL. Um, I think they'll they'll be able, able to to uh, get past Washington. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think it'll be a, a decent game. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um, you know, as I said, I think it's going to be it, it could go either way um, in terms of the Eagles winning more more so. I think it's either going to be a blowout and 
um, in favor of the Eagles or it's going to be a close game in favor of the Eagles. So we'll just have to wait and see on uh, on Sunday. Next game, we got Patriots, Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins heading on the road to New England. Cam Newton making his debut. I got New England over Miami. Um, you know, I mean, Miami could easily um, sneak away um, from New England with a win because, I mean, last last few times Miami has gone into New England, they you know, they put on a show, um, and they put on a show week 17 last year. Um, shocked all New England, shocked the NFL, and upset New England to end the season, and yet they still got Tua. So um, I expect Cam Newton to play well in his debut. He's healthy. Um, I think he's back to the player he was um, during the first half of 2018. Um, I expect him and Josh McDaniels to mesh well. I expect him and that um, New England Patriots offense to mesh well. I expect the Patriots defense to continue to stay um, uh, stout up front. Um, their secondary is still as good as ever, even though they lost Patrick Chung. Um, Second-level defenders. A little bit of a concern, but I think uh, Josh Uchet is going to make a big impact um, as a rookie. Um, so overall, I think the Patriots are going to be fine. I don't think they're um, they've lost um, plenty of starters, but when you're th- when you're talking about Bill Belichick-led football team, like he can he honestly could take any team to the playoffs. He almost had New England in the playoffs back in 2008 when Tom Brady tore his ACL. They went 11-5 and yet still lost the division. So it could, I mean, yeah, different times um, and all, but I think New England wins over Miami um, handedly. Um, I think Miami gets off to a rough rough start um, this year. So, yeah, New England over Miami. So I assume you have New England over Miami as well. Yeah, I got New England winning. Uh, I think the Dolphins defense will play well. I just, I'm just worried about that offense um, and, and meshing together. Obviously, they got Ryan Fitzpatrick as a starter. Uh, so he could very well come out very hot and, and just blow the, the roof off the building. I mean, he's done that last couple of seasons to start off the season. Uh, but I, I don't really see them. They... They got weapons, but it's nothing, nothing too crazy. I, I think the the Patriots will uh, really play well in the second half and and pretty much stymie the Dolphins. With you there, Vikings Packers. Um, we got that. That's going to be a really good, um, good divisional game, good NFC North game. Um, Vikings Packers, both very talented football teams. Um, I got the Vikings over the Packers. You know, I was kind of flip-flopping which one I wanted to go with. Both are really talented teams. Got Aaron Rodgers. You got a really, um, really rock-solid Vikings team that can easily win um, the NFC North as well over um, Green Bay. But Green Bay is basically bringing most of everyone back from last year's 13-3 and team. Um, you also got um, Mike Zimmer and that coaching staff along with um, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, the rookie. Um, Irv Smith is definitely going to get a lot of good reps. Um, he's going to get a lot of starting reps um, at defense. Um, they have some. They have plenty of areas of concern. They don't have Del- um, Delaney Hunter for the next three weeks. Um, they still have Eric Ken- 
Did Eric Kendricks opt out? I thought I saw he opt out. Did he? I thought he did. Um, I don't think he did. I think he did. I, uh, I felt like he opt out. Nah, I think he's playing. Okay. So, I'm think Eric, um, Eric Kendricks, um, starter. He's one of the better linebackers in the NFL. Um, he'll be a big factor on the back end. Also, you got some rookies starting like Cameron Dantzler, um, and uh, Jeff Wadney. Um, and then on the back end, um, you got some talent. You got Harrison Smith, one of the better safeties in the NFL. So it's a really solid team overall. Um, I think Green Bay, yet they're bringing back a lot of their starters from last year. Um, I expect um, Minnesota to beat Green Bay in a close game. Um, who do you got in this one? I got Minnesota with the edge. Uh, the Green Bay Packers really didn't do anything to uh, bring in any uh, weapons for Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, they brought in Jordan Love, but uh, in terms of weaponry, it honestly, it, it's just not great. <laughs> yeah, Devontae Adams, and that's pretty much it. Um, I believe one of their they released one of the receivers. I think Kumaro they they released or something like that. And bunches. So, and yeah. So bunches. yeah. So I don't know who Aaron Rodgers is going to be throwing the football to outside Devontae Adams and his running backs. Uh, so it might be a struggle uh, to get on the same page with his receivers in week one, especially uh, for some of the new ones. Uh, so I, I got the Vikings. I think their offense is more intact. Obviously, they lost Stephon Diggs, but uh, they still got Thielen, uh, Irv Smith, um, Kyle Rudolph. So, the, you know, Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just like him a little bit more. Yeah, I'm with you there. Next game we got is Indianapolis um, and Jacksonville. I got the Colts over Jacksonville, of course. Colts, easily a better team, very well-rounded team. Could easily uh, win the AFC South. Um, and if Bill Rivers can be somewhat consistent um, as a quarterback, unlike he was last year, um, I think the Colts got have the AFC South in the bag. Um, very stout football team from coaching staff to roster overall. Jacksonville is a team in a rebuild, um, potential number one pick. I'm higher on the Jaguars than a lot of people. I don't think they're as they're that bad. I think they're they're not good, but they're not that bad. You know, I think they have talent on offense and some talent on defense, but you know that they aren't a really good football team. I don't think they're they're definitely not going to win. Like six, seven games, they're probably going to be a um, anywhere from a one and one and fifteen to a five and eleven team. But I don't think they're that bad. Um, and I and I predicted them not to have the number one pick. I had Carolina as the number one pick. If you saw my predictions um, the other day, I believe it was on Monday. Um, broke it down a little bit um, in my football thoughts article on bluechipsguy.com, but. Colts over Jacksonville, easy pick. I think it's blowout win. What do you got? Same. Uh, Jaguars lost so much uh, in a short amount of time. Leonard Fournette, Ronnie Harrison, um, you know, along with some of, some of the other players they lost. Uh, they traded Ngakwe. 
so they're really doing an overhaul. I don't expect them to come out and play well. Um, Gardner Minshew has not been done uh, a well service. And plus, uh, Divino Zigbo, uh, one of their other running backs, he just went to the IR. So it's not looking good for Jacksonville in week one. So, uh, I got the Colts winning. I think Frank Wright, uh, could be a, a candidate for coach of the year, you know, if he turns his Colts team around and, and gets them as a division champs and into the playoffs. I'll say this about the Colts. Had Andrew Luck not retired last year, I think the Colts probably would have been a, Easy Super Bowl contender like that. Even entering last year, Colts were a really, really good football team with Andrew Luck. And then they lost Luck, and now they're going to be, they're going to have at some point, they're going to have to find their future of the franchise. Could that be Jacob Eason? We don't know. Could that be? I don't know if they draft Jamie Newman or Kyle Trask. Could be? Could it be one of those guys? Who? Who in the hell knows? We just don't know with Indianapolis. But right now they're sticking with Phil Rivers, who's on the back end of his career. Hopefully he can stay consistent and help the Colts um, to the playoffs. Next, we've got Bears-Lions, um, two teams that aren't really great. But I'm higher on the Bears than a lot of people are because I like their defense, especially their um, front seven. Um, their secondary isn't that bad. Um, their offensive line is okay. They have some really solid receivers. Allen Robinson, who honestly, if he if he has consistent quarterback play, this is one of the better wide receivers, probably a top ten wide receiver in the entire NFL. Like he could easily lead the league in receiving yards because he has that type of talent. He's being held back by inconsistent quarterback play. Mitchell Trubisky beat Nick Foles for the starting quarterback job. And I, I tweeted this the other day, and more of a hot take. It would be very 2020 of – it would be very 2020 to see Mitchell Trubisky, like him being so – not being a not being a good quarterback, and all of a sudden he – goes on to have a great year, gets a second contract, and becomes the franchise quarterback for Chicago. Like, it's just, I feel like that could happen. Am I crazy to think that could happen? Like, we've seen crazier things this year, not in just sports, but in the entire world. But, like, it would just, it would make sense in the in 2020, one of the craziest years ever, to see... Mitchell Trubisky, who's not a really good quarterback, all of a sudden flip a switch and show off some of the talent he uh, he showed off at Chapel Hill. He goes on and potentially and helps uh, Chicago win um, win a lot of games and helps them make the playoffs. Like it just seems fitting like that. I don't know. I got the I got Chicago over Detroit. I'm not a big fan of Detroit. Um, Bad coaching staff, bad defense, solid offense. If Matthew Stafford is healthy, that's a really good offense. But, you know, again, bad coaching staff, bad defense. Lions are going to lose that game this weekend. Bears, solid team overall. If they can get some sort of consistent play from quarterback, from the quarterback position, I think they'll be fine. But um, if not, then this is going to be a really crappy game. But I got the Bears over the Lions. I got the Lions winning. Um, 
I think it'll be an upset. I think the Lions come out uh, and and play well. Um, I I hear everything you just said, uh, but it is the NFL and anything can happen. The Bears quarterback situation, I think, is uh, a bit of a cloud over the team right now, considering they are just going back and forth. Uh, obviously, Mr. Biscay is starting, but as soon as he starts not to play well, people are going to be calling for his job. So uh, it's going to be – it's not really a great situation, in my opinion, in terms of the Bears' offense. Uh, not knowing who's going, who could be a starting quarterback halfway into the season. Uh, I think the Lions will play well. Um, I think I, I hear everything you're saying, not great coaching staff, but I think Matthew Stafford has one of those games where he just goes off. Uh, Kenny Galladay, um, you know, they got the weapons in the running back, you know, they got, they drafted Swift, uh, just brought in Adrian Peterson, uh, still got carry on Johnson. Uh, obviously, TJ Hawkinson is still on the team as well. Uh, so I got the Lions winning. I disagree. Disagree with you there. I just, if you don't have a good defense in the NFL and you don't have a good coaching staff in the NFL, you're not going to have a good football team. Despite if you're have, if you have an, you have a great offense, bad coaching staff, bad defense, you're not going do well in the NFL. I don't think the Lions are going to do well in the NFL this year. I think I'm just for the sake of Trubisky, like I'm praying he somehow turns it around, but you know, just kind of giving up hope at this point. My, that was my hot take. What I said earlier about Trubisky, like it's just only, it would be total 2020 if Trubisky ends up becoming a good quarterback this year, but you know, that probably won't happen. So my pick, Bears over Lions. Next game, Raiders at Carolina. Um, I've been going back and forth with this pick. Um, as a Panthers fan, you know, you would love to see – I would love to see Carolina get a win to start Matt Rule's tenure in Carolina. Um, but when you look at the team overall, Panthers aren't that great of a football team, even though they have a lot of young – um, a lot of young talent, a lot of potential. Um, this is one of the, this is one of the youngest teams in the NFL. Um, brand new coaching staff, um, new players at, um, like new starting quarterback, um, new starting left tackle again. Um, not a great interior offensive line. Um, the cornerback room is very barren with just Dante Jackson. I mean, he's solid, but, um, if, I mean, if he can be technique wise and discipline wise, if he can get better at that and also play as well as he did in his rookie year, I think he can really, um, do some good things for the Panthers secondary, but I, I'm not very, optimistic with Carolina for week one. I think they start off slow and I think Oakland, um, Derek Carr, John Gruden, Josh Jacobs, Henry Ruggs, uh, Brian Edwards. I mean, you got rookie wide receivers starting against the secondary and I'm thinking this rookie group of receivers, they're going to tear apart Carolina's secondary. Like I'm just not, I'm not excited 
or I am excited to see Carolina and what they can do. It's just I'm not optimistic they win. So I got Oakland or not Oakland, Las Vegas over Carolina. So um that's my pick for I know Panther fans are gonna be pissed at me for picking the Raiders over Carolina. Um I know some of them may understand, but um uh, that's my pick for that game. Yeah, I got the the Raiders winning as well. Uh, I think they'll be a much improved team um, under, you know, John Gruden, you know, another year with him. Uh, I'm interested to see how Derek Carr plays. Uh, His job could potentially be on the line, you know, especially if they don't have a winning season and are, you know, in range to get a quarterback. So we'll see if he plays well or not. Um, You will hope so, you know, especially – uh, after struggling last season and, and being the check down king. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's another year in, in Gruden's offense. So I think that he'll be much improved and, you know, added some weaponry, you know, defenses gotten uh, a little bit better, especially at the corner position. So. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think Oakland, and I said this earlier, um, I think Oakland is, um, I think not Oakland. Why am I saying Oakland? I'm so used to that. Las Vegas. I think Las Vegas is a 500 team. Um, they're solid on both sides of the ball, but they have enough hole, enough holes on both sides of the ball to not make the playoffs. But again, entering year three, um, in, uh, the John Gruden, in the second John Gruden era, um, you know, they went from being a bad team. They went from having the fourth overall pick a couple years ago to last season having a um, mid, uh, mid first round pick. And then, of course, this year they could end up making the playoffs because, I mean, they have, they have the talent to possibly make the playoffs as like a seventh seed to surprise as a seventh seed. But I think they're overall just a 500 team. Um, not bad, not great. Um, you know, they're just, just kind of meh in a way. Solid team overall, but got Oakland over Carolina. Um, I think Carolina struggles out the gate. Um, let's get some of these picks, um, sped up a little bit. I got Bills over Jets. Um, I don't think the Jets are a good football team. I hope Sam Darnold does do well, but unless Adam Gase is fired tomorrow, I don't expect that to happen, um, which sucks because Adam Gase just seems to make anything worse whenever he's a head coach for a football team. So I got Buffalo with uh, Sean McDermott and their uh, very loaded um, football team, very talented football team. Got them winning over the Jets. Yeah, I got the Bills winning as well. Uh, Jets are not good, man. <laughs> it's simple as that. They're not they're yeah, not they're, good. Uh, Adam Gates will probably be fired midseason, so. Or sooner. I hope it's sooner. Very soon. Actually, tomorrow. Fire Adam Gates tomorrow, please. Make Greg Williams the head coach, bro. I mean, it's, it sucks, man. All right, next game. Cleveland at Baltimore. I got the Browns beating the Ravens on the road. Yes. I'm, I think Cleveland finally gets over the hump of they finally win their opening game. 
not their home opening game, but they finally get over the hump. They're like, they beat Baltimore, one of the better teams in the NFL. You get a win on week one against one of the better teams in the NFL. I know, I see you're shaking your head. I, I know you're, you don't like to pick. I know you're picking Baltimore, but I, it's just a gut feeling that like Cleveland, Baker Mayfield finally getting, getting it together after a very down year two, year three new coach that has been very critical of him in terms of helping him trying to get better with his foot footwork, just like what he does in the pocket and all. I think Cleveland are very they're a good team overall. Um I think they upset Baltimore week one and that just leads the way to Cleveland potentially making the playoffs um at the end of the season as um a wild card team. But yeah, Cleveland over Baltimore. Let's get it, baby. You see, the thing is, like, I could see this happening, but the way the Browns are set up, they're going, if they win, they're going to lose their next game. That is just how I feel. It's like. You sure? Who are they the playing? They're playing the Bengals, but it's a Thursday night game. They'll be riding emotional highs. So I was laughing because I was thinking about imagine the Browns winning and beating a potential Super Bowl contender and then they lose next week to probably one of the worst teams in the in the league be, just because that's just their history and well, just I mean, what here's they the do. Thing. You beat Baltimore this weekend. Then you go on Thursday night football, you're two and up. The Cleveland Browns potentially, Poten- if, if they handle business, though. But just saying, dude, the Cleveland Browns starting the year two and zero, and people are going crazy over here, and like, like it's twenty twenty, anything could happen. I mean, I'm looking at their schedule right now. At least in the first four weeks, I mean, they're all pretty much winnable games. Uh, except, I mean, mine's the Dallas game, but. They got. They just gotta get through this week against the Ravens. I'm still picking. I'm picking the Ravens, though, man. Uh, as much as as much as I like the Browns roster and what they've done, uh, the Ravens are coming for vengeance, man. They're they're coming off an embarrassing loss to Tennessee. Uh, you know where they pretty much got ran out of their own building. Um, Lamar Jackson is motivated as ever. People saying he can't win in the playoffs. You know, can't do anything in the playoffs. So. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. They added weapons. Uh, you know, got J.K. Dobbins in the backfield now. It's going to be hard, man. Obviously, lost Earl Thomas. That's going to be a big blow. Uh, but defensively, they're still as good as ever. Um, it's going to be hard to pick against the Ravens, man. Um, I like Cleveland. I think they'll keep the game close, but I got, I got the Ravens, man. I respect your pick. I respect it. I, it, I can definitely see Baltimore winning the game. Of course, they're arguably one of the best teams in the NFL. Lamar Jackson looks juiced, dude. Tell me you saw you saw um, the picture. The picture, yeah, you know? yeah. He well, he looks big. That is a healthy young man, as Benjamin Solak would say. That is a healthy young man. Wow, that's get bigger. You improve more as a passer, and you're still the same guy as a runner. Oh, he might win his second unanimous MVP. <laughs> If he's, whew, I can only imagine, man, 4,000 yards and another 1,000 yards on the ground. Yikes. Wow. 
I mean, we're talking about all-time great at that point, honestly. So, anyways, I got Cleveland over Baltimore. On to Seattle, Atlanta. Um, I got the Seahawks over Atlanta. Um, you know, Falcons are – they have some solid talent. Their offense is as good as ever. But um, I'm not the biggest fan of their defense except for Deion Jones and uh, Grady Jarrett. Um, I think A.J. Terrell can be something. Um, Keanu Neal's healthy, and he could be a difference on the back end. But um, I know I'm going to make Eric Robinson upset. I'm sorry, my guy, but um, I got to go with Seattle. I, um, I'm, I'm expecting a big year two for D.K. Metcalf. I've heard a lot of good things that train – about him from training camp, um, and people are saying he's expected to have a big year this year and emerge as a top receiver um, in the NFC and possibly in the NFL. Um, that Seahawks offense is really good. They added Jamal Adams, uh, who's going to be the guy on the um, on that defense with Bobby Wagner um, and Shaquille Griffin. So um, I like the Seahawks um, over the Falcons. The Seahawks end up making the playoffs again. Um, they'll be going wire to wire with San Francisco all year long for um, the NFC West. Yeah, Eric is not going to be happy with you. Uh, <laughs> You're picking Atlanta. Not gonna be, Are you? Picking? Uh, no, I say he's not going. He's not going to be happy with you. I'm not. Oh, 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 okay. I was like, absolutely not. I'm just saying he's not going to be happy with you. He's not going to be happy <laughs> with be me happy either. Either. But, either. I mean, but I'm a I'm a Saints fan. I don't know if he's happy with me in gen- general. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got the Seahawks too, man. Um, I I'm just not enough defensively from the Falcons for me. Um, they, they've improved in some areas. They got, they added more weapons on offense, but we need more on defense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, they, they really, they, they did add Dante Fowler Jr. I will give them credit for that. You know, they didn't let go of Vic Beasley, who has been largely disappointing. Um, but I mean, it, the corners are still a question mark, you know, it got a rookie starting, you know, he's, Look pretty good against Julio Jones, but I mean, again, we haven't seen him against, you know, other targets, uh, other players as well. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, he's going to have his lumps. So I, I don't know, man. Just in, just in this division, you got to have good corners and they don't really have two for sure solid corners that you can trust down in and down out. Uh, and the, obviously you got Grady Jerry. He's going to be a problem. Uh, but. Edgewise, you're relying on Dante Fowler, who was not necessarily a player he used to be, um, and relying on some other, you know, guys that aren't necessarily as talented as him. So it's like either they're going to have to have a really solid secondary or they're going to need a, a better pass rush. And I don't think they really have great at either of those things. Um, so I get to edge the Seahawks, just an overall better coach team. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Dan Quinn came from the umbrella of, of Seattle, uh, but just a better coach team in Seattle experience. Russell Wilson is going to make plays late. I think that's going to give him an edge. I'm with you there. Um, let's go ahead and start wrapping up some of these picks. Um, I got Chargers over Bengals. I assume you have the same thing. Um, so Chargers over Bengals for the both of us. 49ers over Cardinals for me. 
um, for that late Sunday afternoon game. Um, both teams, um, Cardinals very talented on the offensive, offensive side of the ball. Um, I'm very skeptical of their defense despite the talent that um, they have um, or that they have added. Um, the Niners overall, they're still one of the better teams in the NFL. Um, their defense is still really good. Their offense is still um, stout as ever. Um, as long as Kyle Shanahan is the head coach and um, like they're running the same offense they have been or the different styles of offense they've been running, Niners would be fine. Um, I got the Saints over the Buccaneers. Um for that late game. I know you're happy about that one. I know you're picking the Saints as well for Tampa Bay uh, or over Tampa Bay. Um, you know, two grades of Drew Brees and Tom Brady going head to head in a fanless stadium. Um, it, it's going to be very, very fun to watch uh, both of those quarterbacks going up against, going up against each other twice a year now. Um, of course, this could be the last year Brees is playing in the NFL. So um, I got the Saints over the Bucks to start um, to start their campaigns. Um, I got Cowboys over the Rams um, start on Sunday Night Football. Um, I believe you have Dallas over LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, I I also have that as well. Yeah, I think Dallas is easily a better team overall um, than. Uh, Los Angeles. Um, I have a lot of question marks about the Rams' offensive line and uh, their defense as a whole. Despite having Aaron Donald and a good safety group and Jalen Ramsey um, and a kind of a solid pass rush, but you know I'm not the biggest fan of that offense. And if Jared Goff, um, if Jared Goff can stay consistent and be the same quarterback he was um, back in. Uh, um, what was it, 2018, 2019? Yeah, it was 2018. 2018. If, he, if he's the same quarterback he was that year, you know, I think he's um, – I think he can help the Rams sneak into the playoffs at, as that seventh seed, but I don't see him doing well this year. So I got Cowboys, Dak Prescott, Zeke, Cooper, um, uh, Dexter Lawrence, um, guys on that back end. Um, I got Dallas over Los Angeles. And then we got the Monday night football games. I got Steelers over Giants. Giants aren't really a good football team um, overall. Um, I hope Daniel Jones does develop into a really solid quarterback for them. But um, I don't like that coaching staff. I don't like that team overall. So I'm going to go with Steelers over Giants. Steelers look like a playoff team with a healthy Ben Roethlisberger if he can stay healthy. Um and then I got Titans over Broncos for um, the late Monday night football game in which the new Monday night football crew will be debuting. Um, I believe the uh, Titans are a playoff team. Um, they have the talent on both sides of the ball. Um, Broncos can easily be a playoff team, too. They can reach their potential on both sides of the ball. But, of course, Von Miller's injury is very costly for them on, uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so losing one of the best pass rushers in Denver. Um, but I expect that to be a close game um, late Monday night. Um, I expect the Steelers to blow out the Giants completely out of the building um, in the early Monday night football game. So that's our week one picks. I assume you um, agree with my picks for um, the Steelers and the Titans. 
Yeah, I mean, Steelers are just a superior team. Uh, Broncos are still largely unproven. You would like to see them come out and, and really look well, but uh you know reports have been kind of conflicting from you know training camp you know they've looked good at times at times they look sluggish so uh it's kind of hard to trust that offense with so many new pieces in the fold want to see jerry judy flourish and uh, some of their other weapons but I, I don't i don't see it uh right off the bat so tennessee i pick for that one as well and that concludes our picks for week one of the NFL regular season. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Next week, we'll be breaking down some of um, this weekend's college football and NFL action. Um, we'll also be breaking down some uh, prospects we've been watching over um, the last few weeks. Um, and also, I'll be talking a little bit about my um, first 2021 NFL draft big board. Um, I'm hoping to get that out this weekend. I'm hoping to finish up some prospects over the next few days and then have it out hopefully by Sunday or even Monday. Um, you know, with all how crazy this year has been and how crazy the draft process or the summer scouting um, evals have been for me, um, I've been just trying to take my time a little bit with evaluating prospects because it's a different college football season than it ever has been. Uh, with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 not playing and a bunch of other conferences. So um, I'm just being a little bit more fluid, being a little bit more um, – what's the word for it? Being a little bit more slow with my big board in terms of uh, getting it out and um, getting out to the public to show fans, like, where I am with some of these prospects. So – Honestly, like the first, some of these players' first games of the season, they're not really going to count against me. They're not, their stocks aren't going to really affect how my first board is going to look. It's going to look like this for up until probably the end of the regular season when conference championship games are going on. And we also have new cutups of games, of prospects and new all 22 tape and all that. So, um, my boards aren't really going to change throughout the season. Um, and then probably once um, senior bowl season rolls around, um, new changes will happen to the big board. And also my opinions on draft prospects being, a, being able to really evaluate more um, with some of these guys. Um, have a, my goal was to hopefully get to 100 to 150 prospects for summer. It doesn't seem like I'm going to reach that number, but I am at least going to have a good number for uh, a top 50 board to start out. So don't expect me to know like some unknown, some um, like sleeper um, prospect that I may not know much about. So just to let y'all know, big board coming in over the next few days and um, hopefully I can get it out before um, the next podcast on Tuesday. Guys, again, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys later. Peace.